Hi, everybody. It's Vicki. It's good to be back with you. It is Thursday, March. I started to say August. March 4th. It is 2.57 p.m. here in the Midwest in the USA, and I am thrilled to be with you guys. I tried to make the video last night and had some technical problems, but hopefully that's not going to be the case today. Just very quick information, and I'll get right into the message. Father did give me a message for you guys yesterday morning, and uh, it's just an awesome message. And uh, so, all the information that you may want is in the is in the description box below. How to contact us? There is also a link in that box. If you want to be prayed for, please send your prayer request to to me. There is a click the link. It'll take you to a document. Fill it out, a form. Fill it out. It'll come back to me. I will disperse it to our prayer team here on the channel and to the women at the well who are the prayer team there. And uh, and you can send praise reports, prayer requests. You'll see when you when you look at the form as much or little information as you want. I think that's probably about it, but please do check the box below um, to find out how to get a hold of us and, and all of that. Okay, now this was the message I woke up yesterday morning hearing Father say resilience. And so when I got up and started uh, talking to him, he, this is what he said. I wrote it down and I will make a transcript and have it available for you this this part of it the spoken part of it but there are other things he said that won't be in the spoken in the written part so just hang out with me here okay he said my people must learn to be resilient find ways to bounce back when the enemy comes against you to steal your peace and confidence at the end of his half truths which are whole lies he wants to see you so beaten that you sit down and refuse to rise again but you must not give him the satisfaction of defeat or surrender. You must stand, press in, persevere, and be resilient. Don't just rise, embrace the rising. Like bread dough punched down to prepare it for baking, or like a fighter in a ring in a corner, get back up and do not fear the blows that will come. Learn to bob and weave, be light of spirit, and be light on your feet. When the heat comes in the time for baking, you will be prepared. When the jabs come like blows to the head, to your thought life and your conviction, your determination to keep standing, to never quit, you will find success in your battles, for you will remember who owns the oven in your furnace of affliction and who owns the boxing ring where the fight is taking place. Stop looking at the heat of the oven or the power of the punches. Look at me instead. I control the heat and I know what you can endure. I decide who will be allowed in the ring to fight you and I am the referee who sends you to your corner to rest before re-entering the fight. Be like a rubber band, stretched and yet able to snap back into position when released. Be resilient, be strong, flexible, and tenacious. Hold to the awareness that I will use these things to keep you tough and strong. All of these weapons of yours are found in one place and you have access to them at all times. They are found in your own thought life. You are the one who determines if you will rise again. You are the one who decides if you will go down and stay down or if you will get back up to fight again. Pull down the strongholds in your mind. 
Stop saying you can't take much more. I say you can't. If I say you can, you can. Stop thinking the fight is too hard, the opponent too strong, or the oven too hot. You're only looking at the wrong things when you entertain those thoughts. So stop allowing yourself to be entertained by the enemy. The more you get to know me, the more resilient you become. The more you spend time with me and the quicker you obey me, the sooner you will bounce back from the blows. Now I have to tell you this part. <laughs> because I'm going to stop the message for a minute. I'm going to come back to it, but this is where Father had me put it in. Throughout his giving me this message, from time to time, he would say this these, this phrase. And it's actually a phrase that uh, an old boxer used. I say old because he was boxing a long time ago when I was young. And his name was Cassius Clay. He changed his name to Muhammad Ali. But he had this this uh, saying he was known by, and it was float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And all the time God was giving me this message, he would come back in and say that float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Think about it, you guys float like a butterfly, be light, light, light. But when you attack, you come full force and strong against the enemy. And he also said, walk softly, but carry a big stick. And that was, I want to say that was President Truman's thing, I can't remember, it might have been somebody else before him. But anyway, walk softly, but carry a big stick. So be loving and gentle and kind, but when you need to use it, you know, walk in that authority that God's given you. Remember, I'm back in the message now, remember that ultimately my goal in your life is to prepare and equip you for the kingdom. You need a lot of preparation and equipping. So when I allow the heat to come, or the opponent to pursue you, do not be dismayed. Do not feel overwhelmed or discouraged or depressed. Do not feel you are being treated unfairly. Do not feel abandoned. I am your trainer and I say you can take it. I say you can endure to the end. I say no weapon formed against you will prosper. I say your strength is found in me. I say I am faithful to finish what I have started in you. I say you can pull down the strongholds of everything that exalts itself in your mind against me. I say all things are possible if you will believe me. I say let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. What do you say? Okay, now there are some more things he said, and I'm going to go ahead and read those. And then I have a vision I'm going to share with you and a couple of other experiences. Uh, before I do that, I want to address the statement that he made about Cassius Clay, float like a butterfly, bringing the secular into this conversation that he had with me and now that I'm having with you. Um, Many times God will use things that are familiar to us to speak to us. And I know a lot of people in, uh, in the U.S. will know who, who that is, that Muhammad Ali guy, the fighter, will know that. And God's trying to make a point. And for some reason, that's what he chose to use. Now, I'm going to take you to an experience I had years ago when I first came back to the Lord in 1988. Um, I had decided that because music was the avenue the enemy used to draw me out into the world away from God and because he used the brokenness in my childhood and the rejection and all of that that I had been through, it was a weak place in me. So when I was invited to go sing in a club one night, 
um, and the response was really great, then pride hit me up the side of the head, you guys. And I ended up walking away from my husband and my children and started on a road that took me into a really bad place in the world. So I'm saying that to say this, when I came back to the Lord in 1988, I said, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to sing anything at all anymore, except music that just glorifies you. That's just what I'm going to do. God, I'm not going to sing any, anything else. And I held to that for about when was it? 88, 98, 08, 20, maybe 21 years. And then, uh, and so all that time I'm walking with the Lord, even though I would fall and do stuff, I would not go back out into the world and I would not sing secular music. Well, there came a time when father started waking me up in the morning singing to me. I heard him singing to me. And the thing is, you guys, he wasn't singing me Christian songs. He was singing secular songs to me from my uh, teen and young adult years, songs that were beautiful and songs that made me just, they always lifted my heart, made me feel good, but they were secular songs. And he did that, I don't know, several times. And then and I thought, well, that's, that's pretty neat, Lord. But I didn't put it together. I didn't know he was doing a thing. So then one day after that happened, I think it was just like the next day after the very last time it happened to me in, uh, in that time, I was sitting in a coffee shop with some other friends of mine, other musician friends of mine. And one of them was talking about how he just felt like he was supposed to sing for God and country. So he was doing songs for the Lord, but he was also doing secular music. And I said in all of my pride, well, I'm not, I don't believe, you know, I don't, I'm not going to do that because I told the Lord. Now, mind you, God never told me, you guys, he never told me to make this decision. But I said, I decided when I came back, I told the Lord, I'm just going to only sing Christian songs and blah, blah, blah. And then I went on to say, you know, the neatest thing's been happening to me for the last, this last week, several times, the Lord's woken me up in the morning. I hear him singing uh, secular songs. Like one was by a group called the Fifth Dimension. Would you like to fly in my beautiful balloon? If you go look up the words, it's really kind of a sweet song. And Jesus was singing that to me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it hit me while I'm sitting in that coffee shop talking to my friend. I went, oh my goodness. He never told me not to sing secular songs. That was my own decision. Now, it was at that time I had begun singing in senior retirement communities. I'd been singing in assisted living centers, people that were elderly, people whose family maybe had already had, they weren't even anywhere around. They, they had, these people had lost their health. They were struggling with really bad health issues or with memory problems or uh, their spouse had died or their children lived in another state. They were in these places, most of them alone with nobody around them, but other people who were sick and whose bodies were breaking down and staff members that they weren't even related to. And uh, so it was really hard for it was very hard for a lot of these people that I was going and singing to, but I would only sing Christian songs. Well, when the Lord woke me up and I realized he was saying, I never told you to do that. 
And I went, okay, well then I'll do... I'll do the songs that are secular songs from like the 30s and 40s and 50s songs that are beautiful songs, Lord, but that don't dishonor you, that are not. I'll do songs about love. And so I started doing those. And you guys, the very first time I broke down and sang a secular song in one of the communities I was singing in, I watched the people in their wheelchairs or in or some of them were able to walk, but I watched people start crying because they were hearing music that took them back to when they were young and their husband or their wife was still alive and their health wasn't broken and they had a home and their families were around them. And it was just that period of time in their whole day when there was nothing else that was positive going on in their lives. And they were having to deal with all of the things like their health and, uh, all of these other issues, just for that moment in time, they were blessed to be taken out of that place and to, and to, to go back and they, people were crying. I watched Holy Spirit moving when I was singing secular music. So we cannot, we have to be so careful what we say God can and cannot use, what he will and will not use. We have to remember the religious mindsets are not the same thing as the relational mindsets. It's a way different thing to have, you know, religion kills. It's just like letter of the law kills. If we don't have the spirit, if we don't have that, if we don't let father breathe through us, but we keep him all clamped down and say, well, you can't talk this way and you can't talk that way. And I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to do that. Unless we are letting his spirit lead us, we need both things. So when he's in this message and he's saying, go ahead and tell you this. So then when Chuck and I got married, uh, we were playing in a lot of senior communities and that was really where we, that's where we uh, made our living. And we would do secular music from all the different decades in all the different genres. And then we would end our shows with some, a couple of songs, hope not always, but sometimes just one, sometimes a couple of songs for the Lord. And, uh, then I would have just a few minutes while Chuck would play in the background, just a short time to talk about the Lord, to call people to repentance or to encourage them or whatever it was God laid on my heart. So he wants to use things. We don't want to give him credit for being willing to use. So we have got to get him out of this little tiny bitty box we've got him in and allow him to be God. Um, he gave us love and he gave us music and those things can go together. So he used an old fighter to uh, bring this this whole mindset about floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee, bringing us to a place where we go, oh, a lot of us will know who Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali is. Oh, okay, so you're saying I need to learn how to, I need to learn how to walk in this in a way where I'm light in my spirit, light in my heart, but I am deadly when the enemy comes after me. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Now I'm going to come back into the message. He said also, okay. He also said, walk softly, but carry a big stick. And that is a, it's a quote. I can't remember. It's Truman, president Truman. That was his thing. Somebody said that one of the presidents anyway. Okay. 
Back in the message, remember that ultimately my goal in your life is to prepare and equip you for the kingdom. You need a lot of preparation and equipping. So when I allow the heat to come or the opponent to pursue you, do not be dismayed. Do not feel overwhelmed or discouraged or depressed. Do not feel you are being treated unfairly. Do not feel abandoned. I am your trainer and I say that you can take it. I say you can endure to the end. I say no weapon formed against you will prosper. I say your strength is found in me. I say I am faithful to finish what I have started in you. I say you can pull down the strongholds of everything that exalts itself in your mind against me. I say all things are possible if you will believe me. I say let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. What do you say? That's just really a challenging thing he, he gave us there. Okay, and now and now I have to tell you, because he's reminding me of this, uh, before I go into the next part of the message, where am I? Okay, I'm doing good on time. Um, probably, probably about 30 years ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was flying an airplane. And it this, this will go with this message I just read you. Um, I was flying an airplane and I was seated on the nose of the plane. Some of you may have heard this dream before. And as I thought, the plane flew. So when I thought up, the plane went up. And when I thought down, the plane went down. And I would just, I was having so much fun flying, fun flying that plane. Now you guys, the plane represented my thought life, okay? And at one point I started thinking down. And as I did, the plane began to descend and I did not pull back in my thoughts. I continued to think down and I ended up in a concentration camp and the camp had, uh, what's that called father chain link fencing all around. There were military personnel dressed in military clothing. They were the enemy. They were not a friendly nation to me. And, uh, and my plane was in this concentration camp and to get it back out was going to be really hard. And I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't know how I was going to do it because I was very close. My plane was extremely closed in, in this little space. So the Lord explained the dream to me. He said, first of all, the concentration camp is where is right here between our between our ears, you guys, our concentration camp. What are we concentrating on? I was thinking negative things. I, I would have my moments of being happy and carefree. And this was right after I came back to father, but I had always been like this my whole life. You know, if things were good, I was happy. If things were bad, I was sad or depressed or discouraged. I know there's a lot of people out there in that same place. So he said to me, Vicki, you need to learn how to straighten up and fly right. I needed to level off my plane. I needed to stop going down into the concentration camp when there was nothing but the enemy and my thoughts. Okay. So that was part of it. Now he, he went on to say in this experience yesterday, he said, get off the fence, pick a side, jump down, start running choose a leader, read the manual, follow the directions. Okay. You guys, now he's going to kind of, he's changing, uh, people groups in a way here. He was talking about 
talking to his followers in the first part. Y'all heard that. And now he's going to talk to the fence setters. Mm -mm. He said, uh, I heard him say, scramble the troops, scramble the troops. And that is a military aviation term that means you know, that's when you kind of get the, you get the uh, aircraft, military aircraft off the ground and up into the air to intercept hostile aircraft. Okay. So we're still talking aircraft. And I didn't even, when he gave me this, it was so cool. Cause last night when I tried to make this video and it got cut off, some, I had some kind of a technical problem. I was in the middle of the video talking about this when the Lord reminded me of the dream about flying from the nose of the plane. I wasn't even in the cockpit. I was flying from the nose of the plane. And he reminded me of it. And I was blown away because he had just been, he had just told me yesterday morning, the thing about scrambling the troops. Okay. Well, I guess you had to be there. I'm just, it was so exciting to me. So he said, uh, you have to get off the ground. You guys, you have to get off the ground. We are engaged. Father is scrambling the troops. The call is going out through his people to scramble the troops. The call is to, we have got to get, uh, we have to be unable to be offended. We have to be, uh, we can't be running around being discouraged and depressed and thinking all of these negative things and dwelling on all the wrong stuff. You know, sometimes our health, even just our health causes us to, get to a place where we're going, oh gosh, it isn't just that so-and-so yelled at me, but I feel terrible. My body hurts and I just don't feel good and blah, 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 blah. We all have stuff, but, and we're going to have stuff in this life. This is where we learn how to love God. Remember, we weren't put here for us. We were put here for him. We were not created for us. We were created for him, for his pleasure, for his joy, for relationship that he wanted to have with us. So everything, we need to look at everything we go through as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to draw closer, to hear, to be able to say to him, what are you trying to tell me or show me? Or what, what do I need to learn? And, and to share all of the things he, he allows us to go through to give him honor and glory and praise for being so loving that he would be the kind of father that says, I'm taking you through stuff. I'm going to put you in situations. I want you to learn how to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. I'm going to teach you how to walk softly, but to remember that I am the big stick that you're carrying in a way you could say it that way. I'm the big stick you're carrying. I am the authority that's behind you. So walk softly and use that authority. When I tell you to use that authority. And he said, um, uh, Okay, so he reminded me of the spiritual wickedness in high places that we read about in Ephesians, and he talked about Satan being the prince of this air. Now, he's, and like I said, this is almost like two different things, but he gave them both to me yesterday morning, and it was while he was giving me the uh, message, no, he gave me first, uh, I don't remember the order exactly, but he gave me the dream, or the vision first, excuse me. I can't remember and God knows I can't remember and that's okay. I'm just going to read to you or I'm going to tell you the vision I had that he gave me at the same time he gave me the message that I just read to you. Okay. Did I get y'all confused? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so here's the vision. I was standing at the edge of a field looking at this big area that had, uh, I want to say it was like a straw that had been beaten down. You know, it was just stubble on all the way across this field. In the middle of this area, there was a um, fence. And the fence was an old-fashioned, like you'd find on a farm here in the States, uh, wooden posts with barbed wire connecting the posts. So there's post, barbed wire, post, barbed wire, post, you know, it's that kind of a fence. And seated on the fence facing me were people. And some they were sitting on the barbed wire. And they some of them had been sitting there for a very long time. Some of them hadn't been sitting there very long and they were kind of wobbly, but that's where they were sitting. And the ones that were sitting on the barbed wire for a long time, it's like they didn't even feel the barbs anymore. They were very comfortable. They had no intention of getting off of that fence. And uh, and I knew that to the uh, to my left, which would have been their right, was the part of the field that was God's area, God's part of the field. And then to my right, which was their left, was the part that belonged to Satan, belonged to the world, and it belonged to self. So one side was God. Everything that was in opposition to God was on the other side of the fence. Then uh, I watched as a wind would blow and it would come from God's side and would blow into the fence and the, the barbed wire would sway and the people would sway a little bit and some of them would struggle to hang on. But some of them would jump down when that happened and they would jump down on God's side. Um, and... The ones that were used to being on the barbed wire didn't phase them at all. They just, you know, they just sat there like, well, it's no big deal. I've been through this before. And they were very experienced at this fence sitting thing. So when the people that jumped off the fence jumped on God's side, jumped down on the ground on God's side, they would begin to run towards him. And as they ran, they would look down and they could see that the straw had changed and they could see what was really there was beautiful green grass. Now I have to make, uh, I have to make sure I tell you this, as long as any of these people were sitting on the fence, all they could see was stubble. They couldn't see what was really on either side of the fence. They had, you had to get down off the fence and go one direction or the other to, to find out what was real. So the people that would get on God's side of the uh, field and start running, as they ran, they would see that the grass was green. They would begin to see beautiful color and all of the, they would see life. And the more they ran towards Father, they, their feet began to burn and flames began to come up off their feet. And the farther they ran, the flames literally uh, came up their bodies and they were on beautiful fire. And then father said to me, our God is a consuming fire. So the closer we get to him or the closer those people in the vision would get, the more they would become a reflection of who he was. They were becoming more in his image which is what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, and then on the other side of the field, when people would get down off of that side, these fence sitters were people that had decided they weren't gonna go really one way or the other. They weren't gonna, some of them were even people that had been baptized or 
said a prayer or whatever it was, but they never committed. And so anyway, some of the, when someone would get down off of that side, as they would run towards the enemy or the world or more into self, then when they got down, the field turned, the ground looked burned. And as they walked farther and farther, into the, when they first got down, they didn't really feel the heat. I, mean, I need to say that. They didn't really notice that the ground was black. They didn't really feel the heat. Everything seemed to be okay. But the more they walked, the ground, they were able to see the ground was black. They were able, and then they would start burning in their feet. But this was a different kind of fire. And the fire on them would blacken their feet like charcoal. And by the time they walked, I don't know how far they had to walk to get this way, but their whole bodies would be like crispy charcoal. It just would burn them up. So... I think that probably is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but, you know, I thought it was interesting. Father was saying it isn't just the field on that side that belongs to Satan and the world. It also belongs to self. Okay, so the next thing that happened, this was the last thing that happened in the vision, was the landowner, the guy that owned the field, and we know that was the Lord, came to the other end of the field and he plucked up that end post. And when he did, it was like a whiplash. The whole post or the whole fence just came flying up and the people that were still sitting on it flew off in every direction. And he told me he is not going to allow that much longer. That time is coming to a close where people are gonna be able to just you know, sit on the fence. He's talking about not just the people in the world that have, who's, you know, you hear people say this probably a lot. Oh, well, I'm a good person. Well, I think the Lord said nobody's good except God. <laughs> but anyway, uh, people will say, well, you know, I'm nice and I this, that, and the other. And if you ask a lot of people, they'll say, oh yeah, they think they're going to heaven and they have made no decision to follow God. They have made no decision to change their lives. They have not repented of their sins, but they feel like they're going to get to go to heaven because they're a good person. Oh my goodness sakes. That's not true. Unless we repent of our sins Unless we turn around, that's what repentance is. Walk away from our sins, ask God to forgive us, receive his son who goes by the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel. He has a lot of different names. Unless we go through him, there is no way we will find our way to Father God. No way at all. It's not going to happen. So, um, if there's anybody watching that hasn't made that decision, you guys, and and if there are people that are watching that have been kind of sitting on the fence, you you don't want to be, you just want to be a good person. You're not really interested in getting real close to God, but you're not trying to do anything really bad. Then you are sitting on the fence and God's going to come and rip that sucker out from underneath you. You're going to have to make a decision. Please do it before he comes and plucks up the fence. You know, He's reminding me of a scripture where he said, um, I'd rather have you be hot or cold. I'd rather you either get on Satan's side or get on my side. But because you're lukewarm or sitting on the fence, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's pretty harsh language. So God's very serious about what, we, what our choices are. Um, I see that these two, these two, actually the vision and the... 
and the message really do go together. Um, he's telling us we've got to learn how to handle the things that come into our lives. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves if we're doing that. Stop letting anything overwhelm us. Realize that we are in a warfare, but we're there because he put us in the warfare. And we're in the places we are in our lives. And he is allowing or bringing those things to pass because he loves us so much. He wants us to be all grown up be mature and completely given over to him and what he wants because he is the one we're here for not ourselves okay guys i'm going to play one song i was going to play two but when i tried to do that a few minutes ago it cut off the video so i'm gonna oh i'm gonna hope that i can play this one song and it's going to be one that i've played for you before it's one of chuck's songs and by the way we are getting ready to, we seriously are getting ready to start doing some music. He's been kind of waiting on me and I've been kind of waiting on him and we finally figured out we're kind of waiting on each other. So, <laughs> so that's about to get started. And okay, so this is one off his Spirit Wind album, one of my favorite songs of all time called El Señor. Okay, I clicked it one too many times. Hold on. Let me do that again. Oh, please don't cut off my video. Here we go.
Love that. Okay, I need to make sure I've turned it off here. Okay, there we go. Oh, and I'm still recording. Awesome. Okay, guys, I'm going to let you go for now. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for uh, watching and praying. And thank you for all of your support, for your comments. Oh, my gosh, we appreciate them so much. And I did have someone who wrote to me and wanted to know if I could... Um, I'm getting busy with all of the things that are going on with the channel and just all of the ministry stuff and it's hard for me because I don't know how quickly I can get to some of the emails or some of the just you guys just bear with me because I absolutely love communicating with you I don't want you to stop writing I want you to stay in touch with us and please like and share and subscribe if you haven't just to get these messages out to more people and god bless you guys please know we're praying for you all of the time i don't remember if i said at the beginning of this video because i tried making one before and it cut off um, but if i didn't there's a link in the description box below that will if you have a prayer request or a praise report you want to share i will be reading those every week and right now the one uh the prayer requests that have come in this week and i think maybe even at the end of last week have all been sent out to the prayer teams there's one on facebook there's one here on the channel and everyone is praying so you guys just get in touch click the link fill out the forms it'll come to me i'll send them out to everybody and we will be praying for whatever your needs are god bless you guys chuck and i love you so much and one of these days i'm going to get my husband to pop in here if he will and say hi to you himself until then take care and i will see you next time bye for now